Greetings and good evening. Welcome to Conversational Elevation with the Vibrarian. My name is Joelle, and I am your host, and I am the Vibrarian. I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you this evening. It's been a while since I've been on the air, and it feels good to be back. I am broadcasting as part of the Vibrary Collective Network, which is currently hosted on Blog Talk Radio. You can find links to this episode and other content at blogtalkradio.com slash the vibrary. That is T-H-E-V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y. And you can also connect with me on social media. The handle would be at the vibrarian, V-I-B-E, again, R-A-R-I-A-N. Now, I love connecting with people, and I'm always getting asked, okay, what is a vibrarian? Can you explain that to me? What is going on? How do you spell it? I know it's a little bit interesting, but vibrarian has an E in it because we are talking about energy. Energy is the currency that makes everything go around, and so that is what I am about, about sharing positive energy things that I hope will elevate, enlighten, and empower you. So we're going to be talking about everything from A to Z as long as it is high vibe. That is the only prerequisite. If it starts out in a low vibe place, and we're going to work together to make sure that we can shift that frequency. I invite you to connect me with me across all of the social channels, Let me know if you see something that you think should be passed on because I would love to amplify your positive energies so that they also ripple outward further into our collective consciousness. I am a person that truly believes that, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. That means the folks who have a similar resonance to you will be able to become evident to you because your vibrations will be speaking to each other. Now, I guess the old way of saying that was, you know, birds of a feather flock together. (laughs) So we've kind of updated that for the new millennium with the vibe attracting tribe. And the other part of that statement that I love so much is that we are truly one global tribe of a beautiful humanity, all of us here on beautiful Mother Gaia, on this beautiful planet that we call home, Earth. It is a beautiful ride to be with such a spectrum of people from all corners of this globe. We are certainly brought together now in a new way because of technology, through social connections, through technology connections, through travel there is really nothing that we are not connected to. Back when I was in uh, the early days of the Internet, there was this kind of uh, computer program very early in the Internet days. I think I'm talking about like AltaVista, for those of you who remember when that was the browser of choice. But you could type in your name and find out, uh, type in a name and find out how many degrees of separation there were between that person and Kevin Bacon, you know, a star from the movie Footloose back in the 80s. So they would call it the six degrees 
degrees of bacon because they realized that we were all only six steps away from being connected to each other. Now, this was probably 25 years ago, 23 years ago, and I would say now that the degrees of separation between us are a lot less than six. We've got to be talking about really only one or two, and it only takes a few minutes of scrolling through your socially connected interfaces on Facebook or Instagram or any of the other services out there before you start to realize that your circles of friends are deeply connected between friends of friends and family friends of friends. We really are a global connected network of people, and I absolutely love being in that awareness. Now, each week I am going to be talking about a variety of topics. Today's show is just the first kind of welcome, putting out the welcome mat and welcoming the energy, setting the tone for the conversations that will be going forward. The key thing is that by the end of the time that we spend together, my desire is that we all be elevated into a frequency that is high, that is loving, that is charged with positive energy. So that is the reason for the conversational elevation. Now, many of us have been able to engage in conversations, and I myself engage in conversations that are sometimes not elevational. You know, they're not something that necessarily raises the vibration of myself or the other person that I'm talking to. Uh, You know, when does that happen? That happens when I'm really entrenched in an idea and in a position, and the person is entrenched in an idea or position that may not be the same as the one that I am in. And so what happens is sometimes we end up talking at each other, neither party necessarily listening, but just trying to communicate our Space in something rather than being willing to hear someone else and shift that frequency. And I think that we have all experienced a time when we've just decided to just go our separate ways and never be able to meet in the middle. And there's some things, you know, we just don't talk about anymore because we can't find a middle ground. And certainly in the United States, and what has happened in the last eight years, 12 years, uh, in really the modern political era, um, in the, yeah, like 16 years or so, it has gotten to a place where finding the middle ground of that conversation has been very, very challenging. And, you know, I am not here to talk politics particularly, but what we see happening in the United States in the way that conversations are not happening is really an evidence of an overall energy that can be applied to many other situations, not just politics. You know, if we want to bring it down to something as simple as local sports, I think that if you had a person from, you know, the SEC football conference sit down with a person from, you know, like the ACC football conference, I don't think that there will be a 
meeting of the minds as to which conference is better. The SEC people will say, darn right, SEC is the best championship league, and look at all the rings we've got, right? And then the ACC will say, well, darn right, we're the best. So it's interesting to even use those examples because here is something as simple as college athletics, institutions of higher learning that are there to to serve students and to help them become educated so that they can enter into the workforce and pursue their desires in terms of intellectual growth. And yet there is an aspect of it that has become a rivalry, um, a setting against two things in opposition to each other. And in this particular case of, of certain many, many systems like this, the actual end goal is to increase a fervent feeling of love and loyalty towards something so that you invest your energy into it, meaning you buy tickets for the games, you purchase T-shirts and paraphernalia to represent it, license plates, tags, and then when you see the tag of the other people who you don't like or your arch rivals driving down the street, what happens? You get a little charge of, oh, I don't want to see that. Look at that car. They they go for Auburn, and I, I'm for Florida State, right? So we have these little mini scenarios and arenas that are developed into our current way of being uh, you know, people like within the culture of the United States. And I am sure that there are ways that this plays out across uh, all countries. It's things as simple as sporting teams or even which religion do you belong to or which uh, actor do you like versus not like. You know, we've got this this energy that constantly seems to be circulating around that's talking about oppositional dynamics. It's very interesting because it brings out a competitive spirit in people. It's all fun and games until somebody gets their feelings hurt. I mean, we've seen that happen with children on the playground. They're all playing together, Red Rover, Red Rover, or kickball, you know, or dodgeball. And it's all fun and games until somebody loses or somebody taunt somebody for not being as good or begins to make that person feel bad because they're not skilled enough to contribute to the winning effort, right? So here we have all of these places and spaces where oppositional energies and dynamics are able to be stirred up. I think it's interesting because I am trying to embody a frequency that is unified, that is like the grand frequency theory of everything in my personal cosmos and reality, which is love. 
unconditional love, not conditional love. So the conditional love dynamics are what is really groomed into our world. You know, do you want cocoa pebbles or fruity pebbles? Oh, well, I love fruity pebbles. I don't like cocoa pebbles, right? So it is love that is used to a goal that is not unconditional It wants us to contribute our energy to it, and that energy can look like our attention and our time. That energy can look like our money, which is also energy that has been given to work or to earn it for most people. Uh, So all these transactions are seeking something as a result of our love. And that is the conditional energetic frequency that most of us are very, very familiar with. But what I am here to challenge us to and to work to a frequency is that of unconditionality, which says there's no reason why I have to love you other than the fact that you just are. That means I can love Georgia and Georgia Tech at the same time. I can love Cocoa and Fruity Pebbles at the same time. I can love Republicans and Democrats at the same time. I can love Christians and Muslims at the same time. The list goes on and on. I'm sure you could see where I'm going with that. But it is very, very challenging to walk the middle path, if you will, of being in that unconditional space. I think it's in the movie um, uh, uh, The Hunger Games, right? So many lessons in that movie. But they talk about may the odds be ever in your favor. And really, for the people who are in that Hunger Game dynamic, the odds are never, ever truly in their favor, which is the bitter irony of the game that has been set up for them to play anyway. So it's kind of the bitter irony of the game that is available for those who wish to participate in it or for those who are not aware that there is a game that they are even participating in. The odds are not in our favor when we are in the context of that. But when you are in a place where unconditional love writes the rules, where unconditional love is the referee of the outcome, where unconditional love is embodied by those who are involved in the gathering or the the creation space, if you will, then it is a different kind of experience. And I don't know about you, but the experience of oppositional dynamics, the playbook of that is rather tiring. It can exhaust you of your money. It can exhaust you of your time. It can exhaust you of your positivity. It can exhaust you of your friends if you wind up going into, you know, your oppositional dynamics have been to the extreme, right? So I separate and try continuously to look at what is happening around me in terms of am I participating in a 
game that I don't like, even though I understand the rules of that game, or am I participating in the one that is best for me? And what I have determined is what's best for me is to be in the holistic, unified, grand theory of everything game of love and life. All right. So when we are having the conversations on this show and going forward, we're going to be exploring how to elevate our frequency. One of the things that I am so excited about and really just uh, I wave my flag for is elevating, enlightening, and empowering. So in my first career, I am a law, a librarian, a librarian who works in law firms for the last uh, couple decades or so. And a few years ago, I stepped away from that dynamic as a full-time way of living and moved into being the vibrarian. And one of the goals of that is that I wanted to use my superpowers for good. If you all didn't know, librarians are really superheroes in disguise. (laughs) We know how to find information and we know how to connect people with the information that is going to be most helpful for them to achieve their goal and their task. And librarians have been doing this for thousands of years. Even when things were on papyrus and scrolls, there were people who understood the storage of information and how to uh, bring that information forward to those that needed it. At that point in time, information was kept to the very high ups in power and not delivered to the masses. But with the advent of automated printing and the printing press, we've seen a rapid development of massive amounts of information distribution and always at the center of that conversation are librarian and information professionals. And if you've ever been into a library, a public library, your school library as a child, in your corporate library where you work, uh, there are helpful people there waiting to ask you some questions about the question that you have. And I get teased all the time by my friends who say that I ask too many damn questions (laughs) sometimes because I'll hit you with like five questions, maybe ten sometimes if I'm really on a roll, before you can even get one question out. And it's just part of the nature of how we work to help find people the information that they come in. If you imagine most people step in and say, you know, I need a book. And they're at the reference desk. The library is like, okay, well, you need a book about what? Well, I need about cook, a book about cooking. Well, we've got 2,000 books in here about cooking. So let me talk to you a little bit more about what type of cooking you need right? So that's the kind of process that I've done professionally for like 20 years. 
what kind of information you need, and let's go on down the trail and get you to the most helpful resource that will be able to assist you with providing information that will hopefully be key for you. The ultimate goal of information is that it turns into actionable and usable knowledge. So here we have the process of being enlightened about something, of finding something new. I think many of us like to watch Jeopardy here in the United States and and trivia shows because even if you're listening and, and getting answers wrong, there's always an opportunity for you to learn something new, some little t- tidbit or random factoid, as we call it, that you didn't know before. And most people really do like learning something new. Uh, many of us would be calling ourselves lifelong learners, meaning we're always going to be looking for the next thing to uh, add to our expansion of knowledge, and then hopefully that one thing will be able to then assist us in some way to be more efficient, to be uh, better, uh, better workers, to be better parents, to be better lovers, to be better friends. Um, there's so many ways that information enlarges us, not just in our brain cells in a very literal sense when new data is in it, but also in a way that is less fig, uh, literal and more figurative, right? When we have enlarged ourselves and expanded our consciousness and awareness to include, you know, different flavors, different cultures, different geography and energies by our travel experiences, different uh, friend groups uh, who are in a variety of walks of life, I think we would all agree that variety really makes out um, makes life better. Who wants to just be in a diet of a single thing all the time and every day, right, for a period of time? That could get rather boring, the same diet. So it's all about variety and expansion, elevating and enlightening. And when you're elevating something, then you are lifting it up to a higher level, in this particular case and and the conversations that we're having, what I am hoping to do is elevate an actual frequency, elevate the energy of your vibrational being, of your body, and how you feel at the end of these conversations. My goal and desire is that you feel better after we got off this chat, call, whatever you want to call it, and hopefully that you will also uh, feel better, maybe not right away, it might take a few days for things to seep in, and you might have some challenges, and I absolutely invite you to come back and have a conversation with me on shows about this. The phone lines for this show is 646-787-8436, and the phone lines are always open during the broadcast. Tonight we're on from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, and so you can listen through the phone, and if you want to contribute to the conversation, please just press the pound key or hashtag 
key and number one, and that kind of lets me know that I've got someone who wants to uh, join on the line. I do have callers who are listening. Thank you for tuning in. I've got uh, in the chat room here on the blog talk page, we've got some conversations as well. And uh, I will definitely be taking your questions for future episodes. So if there's something you want to know about just ask the vibrarian. It's going to be a regular segment. So in the chat, there is a question from uh, Tanya Woods who says, how did you figure out this was your passion? Okay, so how does someone, anyone, not even just me, figure out that something is your passion? Well, the word passion itself says that you have like a strong energy. We're, we've all seen passion, like, oh, there's the movie The Passion of the Christ, which talks about it in a religious sense. And then there's the passionate lovemaking that people talk about, right, which is an energy that is intense, that is strong, that is powerful. And so that particular feeling of energy when I began to look at providing information and look at uh, finding and researching things to be able to give people the materials that they needed when I first was starting my career. It was the, the thrill for me of a understanding the information and then being able to use my own abilities to be able to work my way step by step to the information that I felt strongly that that person needed. And then the feeling of having found the needle in the haystack or seeing the person's, like the light bulb come on inside their uh, eyes or receiving a, an acknowledgement of how helpful the information was when I would provide it to them was what really got my juices going, if you will. I just absolutely love that whole experience. And I never knew that I was going to like being a librarian. I didn't, I always loved librarians because I was a reader and I lived in libraries like my entire youth. The bookmobile, the library, that was my happy place. I would take my little yellow wagon a few blocks down to the little library in the town that we lived in in western Kansas. And uh, God bless my parents and the librarian there because they never restricted me on the amount of books that I could bring home in my wagon. And the librarian never restricted me on any materials that I could check out. It was really an open book library for me. So I was bringing home 30 and 40 at a time in my wagon on the summer reading program. I, I didn't have any problem with it. So much to the degree that most kids, when you would get grounded when we were growing up, it would be grounded from going outside and from playing with your friends. I would get grounded from the library. <laughs> so that was the worst punishment to me was to take away my library access and my ability to read. So, you know, when it came time for career, my undergraduate degree, anything related to library science, it was in communications. But 
having success getting employed there, and a couple of dear friends of mine kept saying, you know what, I really think you should check out being uh, going to the library science program at our alma mater. I think you would like it. And I thought, I don't know anything about being a librarian. And then, lo and behold, ding, the light bulb came. Thank you to the library peers, librarian peers who helped my light bulb go on. I became enamored librarianship by the time that I was in school. I knew that I had found the perfect profession, and it was just a matter of beginning to go use my library superpowers for good. And that continued for many, many years. But then what happens when something that you are passionate about becomes something that you're not so fun it's not so fun anymore when it becomes you know uh something that you you hate getting up in the morning or if you begin to feel conflicted about the information or the things that you're needing to do. I was never asked to do anything illegal. Of course, I I worked at law firms, you know, and these are institutions that are there to preserve things in terms of legality or to argue the legality of certain things, but certainly never to just outright break the law. But what happened for me is that I began to be concerned about the information haves and the information have nots. So I spent several years beginning to be less and less excited about the work that I was doing and becoming jaded and low vibration. And it took me a while to recognize that I was not passionate about it anymore. And it was rather hard and challenging because I needed to figure out, well, if you're not going to keep using this master's degree that you've done, like, what is it that's going to make you happy? Like, do you want to move to a different firm? What kind of position do you want? How do you want to do it? You've, you've done all kinds of librarianship. Now, what is left for you to do in this arena? The thrill is gone, as they say, right? So I took a radical departure left my job and then wound up going to Mexico for several months to kind of just reset and restore. And it was awesome and transformative. But when I came back, I was still looking for ways to earn a living and I was unwilling to be a librarian because I had begun to associate it with those feelings of lack of passion, of stress, of negativity. So the passion was still gone, even though I had come to a healthier place and other things. But it took a lot of uh, really interesting and unusual intersections to where my career began to come back to me. I began to open myself back up to my passion, which is finding information. And I'm sure that my friends were like, oh, thank God, she's finally got somewhere to go to like get all this librarian stuff out of her because we're tired, we're exhausted of her is feeding us information and sending us emails and blowing up our inbox and all the things that I was doing with this passion that was still wanting to be expressed that I had no place to give it. 
It was a woundedness in me that was preventing me from truly stepping back into my passion. I think there are many people who are listening who will understand the feeling of really liking something at one point and then that taste being taken out of your mouth, as they say, because of some negative interaction. That can be like a kid on the playground who loves to play, uh, you know, kickball with everybody. They're always the first one out cheering and playing, and then one day something happens and somebody says, oh, you're terrible, we lost because of you. Or they experience ridicule or harm or even an injury to themselves um, in the playing of something that they love, and then next thing you know, they stop right? And they're not doing it anymore. Or someone who's singing as a child who is singing their heart out or dancing their heart out, enjoying themselves in music and passion, just naturally enjoy a childlike state of freedom. And then what happens is somebody criticizes the child and says, you can't sing. Shut up. I just got in from work. I'm tired. You're making too much racket. Would you be still, stop all that dancing around, right? So what happens into child is that they learn that my passion makes other people uncomfortable or my passion makes other people unhappy or my passion got me in trouble or I just have to be so good at it from now on because I want to keep doing it that I am going to overwork myself and give myself anxiety, performance anxiety, and stress to the degree that I no longer get that delighted moment of, aha, it becomes something that I must do. And then I judge myself in a way to avoid the judgment of others in terms of how I do what it is that I used to do out of love, now I do for different reasons and motivations. Right? So these are all the ways that a passion can change to a problem. And the frequency, the difference between when you see a person who is joyously and passionately out there doing their thing. You can see it all over them. They might be whistling. It might be in their vibe. It just, it's in their vibration. We're going to have to agree that, you know, there is an unspoken language that happens through nonverbal communication. And even if a person isn't moving their body for us to interpret their language, many of us are able to feel the person's energy, even if they don't ever move or open their mouth, just from being in proximity to them. That is the frequency that I am talking about. And we all find that frequencies are infectious. So when you go and watch an athlete at the height of their joy doing a layup or dunking or whatever, you know, in basketball, it's like a pure joy to watch that happen. When you see a performer singing and they've lost themselves in the music so much to the point where tears are falling out of their eyes as they're playing their final note and the audience sits there 
and they've received that viral, passionate moment, and it reduces everyone to just utter silence before the crowd breaks into a round of applause, right? That is the impact of positive passion. We've all felt the frequency of negative passion as well. The negative passion that says I must be better and I'm going to win the spelling bee. And if I don't win the spelling bee, then I'm going to punish myself. And even if you tell me that I've done a good job, I don't feel like I've done a good job in my heart. Many of us have encountered people whose passion has turned into a different frequency on a day-to-day basis, and we know what it feels like to encounter that. Sometimes we may feel empathy for that person because we know what they're going through. If you've lost your mojo, then you can have empathy for a person who's lost their mojo and whose thrill is gone, right? If you have uh, uh, met a person who is uh, passionate about their child, right, you can feel that frequency of the joy that they get in their eyes when they look at their child, when they speak of their child, and when they interact with others around their child. That passion is really, truly infectious, right? What we are dealing with currently in our United States perspective of this lens are people who are passionate in opposition to each other. So we have people who are passionate about their person getting into office, and there are people who are passionate about their person getting into office. But the passion with which they are driving that motivation does not have a frequency of joy. And this is on all sides of a dynamic. This is not allocated to just one side of a conversation versus the other side of the conversation. There are energies like this on all sides of oppositional dynamics. And the more passionately you can stoke the fires of an energy within people to a point of negativity, that generates a lot of energy. It generates a lot of money spent. It generates a lot of time and effort to put into something. People march, people campaign, people um, uh, buy things in order to show where their passion is, right? I don't think that if we are in a space where our passion is fueled by love and opportunity for all to be equally passionate, then those goals and flags that we're waving are not inherently bad. We can have passionate things that do not then have an antithesis, an anti-passion that has to be on the other end of that yin and yang dynamic. 
I can be just as passionate about my team as you are about your team. And when we all walk away from the experience, if it was just a good experience and a fun time was had by all, as they like to say, then that is a beautiful exchange of evenly passionate, positive frequency. I don't want to participate in a situation or paradigm that is equally passionate in negative frequencies. That feels terrible. It literally makes me feel stress and anxiety. It makes me uh, contract in my heart space, right? So if you are in, uh, out in the world, one of the ways that our body responds to things can tell us what the frequency of that thing is. If our heart begins to race in a way of anxiety and we feel watchful and alert and that there is adrenaline in our system released chemically, because we're wondering, okay, do I, am I going to need to run or fight, fight or flight? Is that being triggered because I'm sensing the energy of a passionately negative dynamic? Are the fans about to spill out of the seats and begin brawling like in a hockey game? You know, are the hockey players getting ready to, to come out and start beating each other? Are all the players going to come out of the dugout and there's going to be a brawl? We all can feel that and become very watchful and our stomach can contract or we can get butterflies in it. These are all indicators. If our breathing begins to get shallow and we're not able to – breathe, right? These are evidences of a frequency that is less than desirable. When we feel a feeling of expansion, like literally if your heart just feels like all of a sudden it wants to just uh, bloom like a flower out of your chest, like if you are moved to tears by the beauty of someone's performance, if you see a child out enjoying playing, chasing a butterfly, and it makes you smile and feel lighthearted and you feel relaxed and open when you are exchanging energy with people, then that is the feeling that positive, passionate dialogue can bring out in you. So here we have these basically our old body barometer, our body as a being, as a way of not just our eyes and our ears and our sense of touch, but just overall our electromagnetic field is very, very good at feeling things out. Any person who is a parent can tell you, oh, I know, I knew something was wrong with my kids right? I just knew he wasn't feeling well. I could see it in his eyes, right? Oh, my child, I knew something was wrong because, uh, I, you know, I didn't hear from them or all I had to do, something told me, a mother's intuition, a guy's gut feeling, right? These are all words that talk about the 
unexplainable feeling connectedness that we have that most of us use all the time without thinking about it being a big deal. What happens is when you start to say to a person, well, that's part of what would be called your psychic senses or your clairsentience, your your connected feelingness, then people start to say, wait, wait, what are you talking about? Psyching? Huh? I don't know about that psychic stuff. It's a little woo-woo for me. Uh, uh, I'm not psychic. But if you tell them, well, do you ever have gut hunches, then most people can say, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I just knew it was time to go. Some told me I needed to get out of there. I knew they were upset before I ever even started talking to them. I mean, these are all phrases that I have hear people say constantly, and I'm sure if you went through your life catalog, you would identify with those statements as well. Well, we are in a time now where our feeling nature is expanded. We are able to connect with our feeling senses in ways never before in our lifetimes have we had this ability and degree of expansion in our feeling body. The way that you know, things happened with the pandemic shutdown and pulling people out of jobs and routines and into home space and quarantining and taking people out of their routine and hustle bustle of the commute and life activities. What the result of that is that we had a lot more time to go within and to get to know more about our feeling nature. And as people emerge back out into grocery stores and into out in public after weeks and months of being more isolated, what people are, I hear all the time, people saying, oh, my gosh, I was just, uh, you know, I, I just... I was overwhelmed when I saw it, or it's too peopley out here. There's so many people out here, right? Like you're way more sensitive now to crowds and energies of people. When you've been in the store, grocery store, and encountered people, you can feel their frequency of fear. Don't come near me, right? Or feel frequencies of loneliness in a degree that is more intensified after the whole 2020 experience. So it's like part of our systems came online when other parts of our um, global system went offline, right? So I think that that is one of the uh, silver linings, if any, to experiences that we're all learning to relate in a different way. So as we are looking to continue that whole new relationship with our feeling selves and our bodies and our way of being, I'm inviting you to look at your frequency and feel how the hell are you? How the heck are you? What do you got going on? How are you feeling today? How are you interacting with the world? Is it in a positively passionate way? Or are you out there in a negative transactional cycle passing that ball of negativity from one side to the other with neither side being willing to transmute that negative interaction to a higher vibration rather than continue to just hold those positions of opposition so strongly. 
I'm excited because I see around me all kinds of opportunities for me to be positively passionate about things and to connect with the tribe of people who also are positively passionate about getting their goals and their skills and their purpose together and getting to their happy place by doing the things that they like to do. And so I am looking to attract to myself through my frequency, through my vibration and the energy that I'm carrying, I am looking for those who are attracted to this kind of conversation that I've been having with you this evening, who want to continue passing along a frequency of viral positivity and empowerment when we are coming from a place of true awareness, when we are obtaining knowledge and new ways of expanding ourselves, then we are absolutely empowered to begin making our choices from a different place. Right, So we are able to, rather than participating in a game where we didn't write the rules, we can begin creating new spaces, new environments, and new realities for ourselves and then invite others to participate in a positive way with that environment that we have created uh, so that you know, come play in my playground, if you will. Let's come over here. Come on in over here. The water is fine, right? Jump on in. That's my invitation to you is to be part of the Good Vibe Tribe. The, uh, you know, that's one of the hashtags that I like to use. You know, Good Vibe Tribe is the people who are all about good vibes. And, uh, you know, again, this is not about your vibe has to be a certain thing. You know, I'm not just looking for liberal vibes or conservative vibes or black vibes or white vibes or um, metaphysical vibes or Christian vibes. I just want the vibes to be good. It doesn't matter what flavor of positive Kool-Aid you bring to the table. As long as it's sweet like sugar, then I'm willing to take a sip with you. (laughs) So, it's been a great conversation so far for everyone who's tuning in, for Tanya holding down in the chat and the folks on the line. If anybody has anything to contribute to the conversation, just press one and let me know. We're in like the last 10 minutes of this uh, first show, and uh, I've really enjoyed the conversations that I'm having. I can feel my frequency, and I hope that you feel it too because I want all of my positive passion passionate, purpose-filled energy to be viral and to communicate itself to you so that you are infected with that frequency as well. And I want to see where your spark is. I want to see where your shine is. I want to know what your frequency is doing and how are you elevating yourself um, in a day-to-day and moment-to-moment kind of reality. I'm interested in seeing what your reality looks like and will continue to invite you to share in my reality every week on this conversational elevation moment. Now, 
in terms of the many activities that are happening, I'm all over the place. I have a YouTube channel where I deliver readings and connect for messages uh, that I I get downloads and things that I want to talk about. I'm on Instagram. I'm out there talking about the things that I see and observe that are positive. Um, I'm sharing as much as I can. I'm on Facebook to a smaller degree. And certainly you can reach out to connect with me through any of those sites because it truly is not, it is not about not being in isolation. It's about being part of this global human consciousness. And I believe that we are here creating a vibration. Well, the vibration of love is already here and we've just been invited to surf along that wave of love that is here at the very core of all we do. Anything that is of that negative frequencies, all it comes out of is a lack of awareness of love. It's not that there is ever any actual lack in our lives. It's just our awareness of things would have us to believe that it is missing. So seek the love behind the issue. And if you don't see the love, then you know that there is a wound. Somewhere some little child got a kickball in the head or didn't let Red Rover come over and were the last people that got picked. Uh, So somewhere when you see those energies of stress and negativity and a passion that is negative and spewing out all manner of hurt and harm and, and other energies that make you feel like pulling in in the inside, then know that behind that there is still someone who is at their heart and core love. And don't let anything or any belief or any reaction to who they are tell you anything different. We are all absolutely a peace and frequency of the divine love that exists in all things on this planet and beyond. And I am here for this now moment to continue learning, expanding myself, elevating myself through enlightenment. And each of you are part of the enlightenment as I get to know others and connect and hear from you and read about you and observe you, all of that adds to the expansion of my knowledge base. And I am all about using that expanded awareness to expand awareness of the love vibration for all that I encounter in this now moment and beyond. Now, this show will be available, I believe, on iTunes and a few of the other podcast directories as things begin to unfold. I will definitely circulate those links for you. Uh, There will always be an opportunity to have a live conversation on call nights on Thursdays for this show from 8 to 9. And if you're catching it on the replay and would like to submit a question, then direct message me on any of my social channels or email me at joelle at the librarian.com. If you have a question about something you've heard, 
something that you've always wondered about, please drop it in there, and the vibrarian will absolutely begin to research that and bring it up on future shows. This week, I encourage you to look around to see if you can find the evidence of someone's passionate purpose in action. Not just see it, but see if you can feel it. You know, if you can observe somebody doing what it is they're doing, look to see if you can see the passionate spark in their eyes. If you encounter someone in conversation, listen for the excitement that begins to get into their voice and see if you can amplify that energy for them because it is a true gift to be in awareness and receivership of someone else's passion. We've all watched athletes wow us. We've all tasted amazing food, heard unbelievable performances, and many of us have directly benefited from people who are passionate about being kind, about doing things for others, about volunteering for the elderly, about feeding the homeless, about doing activist things that help populations who have been less empowered, from those in poverty to those in incarceration or in some kind of bondage or servitude. There are those whose passion drives them to continuously try to lend a hand and to improve the lives of others. And to me, that is the most beautiful type of action to see and experience. Look for it this week with your higher eyes. Listen for it with your better ears, and you will begin to have a different experience of this co-created reality that we are currently living in. As I close, I want to thank you for being here this evening for the conversation that we're having. I will see you next Thursday at the same time on the same Vibrary Network or Vibrary Collective channel. And I also want to let you know I've got another show that will be launching shortly. If you remember the Psychic Inside show, it is getting ready for a new season of interviews. On the Psychic Inside show, I talk with people who have opened up to their psychic gifts and abilities. And, you know, I believe that we all are psychic. You just may not recognize it. And so from hearing these amazing stories of people who have stepped into an awareness of their gifts, that you might hear something that you recognize in your own experience as well. I think I've got 40 interviews so far. You can find the archives here on the Blog Talk channel page for the Vibrary or on my YouTube. And I've talked to all kinds of people from people who saw, you know, ghosts as children to uh, like a beautiful Irish medium and a person who was baptized. And when they came up from the Holy Spirit, they had the gift of second sight beyond the veil. 
I've got a talk with ghost hunters, Reiki practitioners, uh, people who've had past lives and do past life work. I mean, it's just been a fascinating experience, and I look forward to bringing more stories to you all with real life people who are out here having a kind of experience that you may not be so familiar with. And also in the coming months, I We'll be bringing additional voices to the Vibrate Collective from other content creators who are looking to have a platform for their work and the conversations that they want to have. And we are the home for high vibe content on the podcast network. So stay tuned. I've got a lot of things planned. This week, I wish for you absolutely that your life is filled with so many blessings and that these blessings absolutely just like flow out of your arms, fall everywhere onto the world that is around you. May you know your passionate purpose and be of a higher vibe tomorrow than you were today. The light in me absolutely honors and loves unconditionally the light that is you. Namaste.